Welcome again to this gathering of Providence. We are glad that you are here. Uh, we are T minus six days till Christmas. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, maybe we need to do the stand up sit down game to see how much you procrastinate or not. But some of you are ready, and some of you probably aren't ready. Um, but we all still, I would feel pretty sure, have some level of a to-do list that we have. So for some of you procrastinators, your to-do list is start buying presents, right? And so we will pray for you. There's this thing called the supply chain problem. Um, God says, don't tempt him. You have, so we'll pray for you. Others of you, you know, you're, you're a little bit further along. You've bought presents. You need to make uh, cookies. You need to wrap the presents. You need to get your tools ready because you're going to be putting together a lot of stuff. Pro tip for young families, buy extra batteries. All right, it'll go a lot better for you if you buy extra batteries. And then others of you are going to have big get-togethers. You're going to have lots of people come over. So you've got multiple to-do lists. You've got, you know, your cleaning to-do list. I've got to, you know, clean the kitchen, clean the bathroom, vacuum, mop, uh, dust. Uh, you've got your cooking to-do list. I've got to buy the food. I've got to cook the food. Main dish, side dishes, desserts, and more desserts, and more desserts. And I need to find the fine china and get it out for the one time a year we actually use it. Some of you have this to-do list. Even Buddy the Elf has a to-do list, right? He tells his dad, hey, um, first we're going to um, make snow angels, then we're going to go ice skating, and then we're going to eat a whole roll of Toll House cookie dough as fast as we can, and then to finish up, we'll snuggle, right? He has a list. Everybody has a Christmas to-do list. Everybody. We all do. What I want to share with you this morning is the most important Christmas to-do list. Because if you do all these other things, but you miss these things, you miss Christmas. And so the most important Christmas to-do list, I'm going to give you three things. The first one is this. Anticipate. Anticipate. Anticipation is the heart of Advent. When we talk about Advent, that's what it is. It is an anticipation. It's an expectation. It's this longing for the appearance of Christ. And so today, what we're doing is we're, we're looking back on the previous Advent of Jesus, on His coming, and we are celebrating the good news of great joy that has come to all the people. For unto us has been born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so we celebrate that. But we also join in the anticipation of our forebears. And we jump in with them because they longed for the Messiah and His first advent, His coming. They were longing for it. They were anticipating it. And now we join in with them longing in anticipation for the second advent, for the Messiah to come again. And this is what makes songs like, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel... Come thou long expected Jesus and joy to the world makes sense. Jesus is coming again. So we sing those songs. And so we're to live with this expectant anticipation. But sometimes we only look at that from the negative side of things. Like we long for Jesus to come back so all of this can be over. And there's a sense of that. Absolutely. But we also should learn to view it from the positive sense of I'm anticipating that day. I'm looking forward to that day. Because if you think about it, a lot of times with Christmas or whatever, anticipation is part of the fun. 
Like when you're a kid, you are anticipating Christmas. If you're getting ready for a vacation, you're looking forward to it. Your birthday, right? As you look on the calendar and you see all the appointments you've got, but when it's someone's birthday, man, you're putting squigglies around that. It's a big deal. You anticipate, you look forward to it, and that's part of the fun. I can remember as a kid, like how I anticipated Christmas morning. And I can remember just this past year, you guys blessed my family with a sabbatical. And I started planning our great western road trip and planning all that out, anticipating it, looking forward to it. That was part of the fun. Anticipation is still part of the fun. It's why some of y'all like false start singing Christmas songs like after Halloween. Like, you, you can't wait. You want to anticipate. You want, it's part of the fun. You want to do that. So we start decorating. We get ready. We can't wait for the day to get here and then finally it comes. And you, you know, for my family growing up, we come down the stairs and we peek and look and see what is under the tree. It happens finally. But if we have that kind of joy in anticipation, think about the kind of joy that God has. I think He loves anticipation as well. It's part of the fun for Him. And before the foundation of the, the earth, I can just, you know, with a little bit of sanctified imagination, just see him in my own mind, like, I'm going to create this world, and, and I'm going to give them a, some level of freedom, but in that freedom, I know they're going to reject me, but I'm going to send Jesus. And so he starts this plan, he starts rolling it out, and he just starts building anticipation, Genesis 3 the seed of woman will come and crush the serpent's head. Genesis 12, Abraham, I'm going to fix everything through you. And so he gives us the law. He gives us the writings. He gives us the prophets. And I can just imagine, man, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. I can't wait. I'm going to send my son. We're going to, you know, the world long and sin and error pining. But I'm about to, my son's about to appear. And so the prophets declare a new covenant is coming. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, 14. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of darkness, on them a light has dawned. And then Jesus, the light of the world, shows up. And the good news of great joy comes to all people. He's been rolling this out. This anticipation had built for that moment. And I think it's still the same today. As we look forward to the second advent, again, with a bit of sanctified imagination, I can just picture Jesus in heaven now. Can I go get him? Can I go get him? Father, is it time? Can I go? Can I go end sin? Can I go end death? Can I gather my brothers and sisters? Can I gather your sons and daughters? Can we call the roll? Can I go get him? With patience, he's exercising patience, but you know, with the love that he has, he can't wait to gather us home. Anticipation can be a good thing. And so this Christmas, anticipate. Like, look forward to Christmas morning, but as you look forward to Christmas morning, let that roll up to looking forward to the second Christmas, the second Advent, that glorious day when Jesus comes again. So put anticipation on your most important to-do list. Another thing you need to have on there is wonder. Wonder. 
And part of the most important to-do list of Christmas is to live with wonder, just enveloped in the mystery of the Incarnation. The glory, the awe, the incomprehensible. I've quoted Luke 2 several times, but if you have your Bible, turn there. Luke chapter 2. Because I want you to see a couple of words in particular. Luke chapter 2, that's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those first four books of the, God, of the, of the Bible, of the, of the New Testament, they're called the Gospels. Big numbers the chapter, little numbers the verse. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all the people, for unto you. And I just want to pause right there for a second. Unto you. Like, yes, I know he's talking directly, the angel's talking directly to the shepherds. But he's talking to us as well. We should read it that way. Unto you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, unto you. He was born this day. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Friends, hear me. The Savior who is Christ the Lord was born for you. For you. To save you from your sins. This is the good news of great joy. Jesus came to rescue us. He came to make us new. He came to give us eternal life. To fix this broken world. To bring justice. And to love and adopt us into His family as sons and daughters forever and ever. That's the good news of great joy. And so the angel continues and tells them, verse 12 here, And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And in what happens next, I think all of heaven empties. Look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. And so like multitude, hosts, that doesn't mean a few. I, I think that every single one of God's angels crowded in to see this moment because this was the most unbelievable, most amazing event that had ever happened in the entire universe. God was becoming man. God the Son, incarnate, 
This is the greatest miracle of the Bible. Wayne Grudem puts it like this, more than creation, more than the resurrection, the fact that the infinite, omnipotent, eternal Son of God could become man and join Himself to a human nature forever so that infinite God became one person with finite man will remain for eternity the most profound miracle and the most profound mystery in all the universe. And with Mary, we should ponder these things in our heart with wonder. With wonder. It's mystery. How? The quote that I so often share with you guys from Augustine at Christmas, I think really helps us with this wonder. He wrote, He through whom time was made was made in time. And he, older by eternity than the world itself, was younger in age than many of his servants in the world. He who made man was made man. He was given existence by a mother that he brought into existence. He was carried in hands that he formed. He nursed at breasts which he filled. He cried as a baby in the manger in speechless infancy. This word without which human eloquence is speechless. When you think on this, I'm mind blown. How? But that's God. He he does that. He, he, He blows minds. We can't plumb the depths. This is the true mystery and magic of Christmas. Jesus, 100% God, second person of the Trinity, remaining what He was, became what He wasn't. One preacher put it like this. The God of the heaven out there on that holy night became the Lord of the earth right here. He took His love of people and He wrapped it in skin and bone. The creator of the universe became the redeemer of the universe. And he came as a screaming, slimy baby in a dirty, smelly stable and was laid in a feed trough. And later was laid on a tree that was raised up. And he did it for you and me. And our reaction should just be wonder. How? Why? How deep is the Father's love for us? I mean, God became man. Are you kidding? He became man? He left the glories of heaven and came after me and my brothers and my sisters to live the life we failed to, to die the death we'd been condemned to, to resurrect to show that He was God incarnate and that He had defeated sin and death because we couldn't? Friends, this Christmas, just let your minds fill with the wonder of it all. The childlike faith of it all. God made low 
Jesus humbling himself to become human, son of God and son of man. Put wonder on your most important to-do list. And finally, the third thing that we need to make sure we do this Christmas is this. Behold. Behold. And this is the call of Advent. This is why Andrew Peterson's whole you know, Christmas concert is called Behold the Lamb of God. This is the repeated call to us from Scripture. I'm going to run through a litany of them. Jeremiah 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And then Isaiah 7.14 again. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And this prophecy is fulfilled as the angel tells to Mary, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And then the angel tells the shepherds, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. John the Baptist sees Jesus walking towards him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then the Apostle John in his revelation is told, Weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Which means chapter 21, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Behold, I am making all things new. And Revelation 22, 7, Behold, I am coming soon. Friends, this is the call of Advent to just behold and enjoy and be enveloped in the great goodness and kindness and love and mercy and grace and sweetness and glory and grandeur of Christ. Behold. As I mentioned earlier, this summer you guys blessed us and we had a chance to go on an epic 10-day road trip through Colorado and Arizona and Utah from uh, the Black Canyon of the Gunnison to Mesa Verde to Monument Valley, uh, Horseshoe Bend, uh, Bryce Canyon, Arches, uh, Capitol Reef, uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, Steamboat Springs, all these places. But probably my, my, the highlight for me was watching my kids' faces the first time they got a full glimpse of the Grand Canyon. Like, I'd seen it 22 years ago, and so instead of looking, I was looking at, at them. I wanted to see their faces and see their reaction. Eden wasn't too big on it. She was kind of done at that point. She's like, we've been driving forever. But the oldest three reminded me of myself 22 years ago, the first time I saw the Grand Canyon, and just the immensity of it all, and the, how huge it is, is overwhelming. And there's a weird sense of contentment and joy that comes upon you when you are staring out at this thing that's so big, recognizing how small you are in comparison to this. And you get this joy in your soul and it's not because you're standing, like none of the girls stood in front of it and thought how awesome they were. 
They thought how awesome this thing is that I'm beholding here. And so contrary to what culture tells you, joy doesn't come from beholding a great self. How awesome am I? It comes from beholding a great splendor. And the greatest splendor of all is Christ come into this world. And so true joy does not come in your life by beholding a great self, but beholding a great Savior. And so this Christmas, behold Him. Just pause and behold all that He has done for you in awe, in mystery, in wonder, the glory, the grandeur, the angels singing. He came for you and for me. Emmanuel. Which means God with us. And so for those who are grieving this Christmas, Emmanuel. For those who are joyful, Emmanuel. For those who are healing, Emmanuel. For those who are searching, Emmanuel. For those who are weary and need rest, Emmanuel. For those who feel worthless and wonder if God cares, Emmanuel. For those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Emmanuel. For those who sin and need a Savior, Emmanuel. For every single one of us, Emmanuel, God with us, the friend of sinners. And so anticipate, wonder, behold, these are the most important to-do lists this Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you that you are Emmanuel with us. Thank you that you delight to forgive us. You don't begrudgingly forgive us. You delight to forgive us. And you, you don't just forgive individual sins. You forgive us as a sinner. And you adopt us as a son or a daughter forever. With a love without end, amen. And as we sing sometimes, Lord, there, there's, there, why should we gain from your reward? How, how deep is your love for us? We cannot give an answer. And so, Father, I pray that this Christmas you would cause us to just be enveloped in the wonder of it all.
that Jesus, you were made low. That you became a human. Remaining God, what you always were, you became 2,000 years ago, on that holy night, what you weren't, human. And you remain fully God and fully human now. You are alive physically. Ascended into heaven physically. And it's crazy. And you did this for us. And it is humbling. And it is amazing. And it is thrilling. And we worship you. We praise you. And we gather in this place today to adore you. Friend of sinners. And we ask all of this in your name.